Thank you, Lord Jesus, for smooth sailing in the glory. My yoke is easy, my burden is so hard. Just take me home, Lord. It's so hard. What kind of gospel are you on? You need the gospel of 1 Timothy 1.11 in the emphasized translation. The gospel is the glad message of the glory of the happy God. That's what the Bible says. What is your gospel? What gospel do you preach? Well, let me just tell you. 1 Timothy 1.11 in the emphasized translation, which is 100% accurate, the gospel is the glad message of the glory of the happy God. You know they're serving Jezebel when they're not happy people and they're angry and they want to kill you all the time. Jezebel is still chasing Elijah around in nearly every Christian circle on planet Earth. Hardly anyone's overcome anything right now. This is the time of the overcomers. The next several years is the time of the overcomers. Hardly any Christians overcome anything right now. If you're an overcomer, you are early to the marriage supper of a lamb. Early. Amen? You're early on the seventh day. This is the seventh day, the day of rest. The day where all of the Christians, the glory race, is sealed in the bridegroom's chambers in the hundredfold glory realm of the Garden of Eden. Hardly anyone's there. So this is really a pioneering work. And we're dealing with leadership first. First, the leadership needs the vision. Write it down, make it plain, and declare the vision of the Lord. Let everyone know where we're going in the final exodus. This is the final exodus. And it's Song of Solomon 8.14, the last verse of Song of Solomon. Arise. Arise. Rise from the dead. Arise, my darling, the bride of Christ. Come quickly, my beloved. Come and be graceful gazelle with me. What does it mean? Come out of the natural. Come out of the earth dimension into the glory dimension. Come out of the below realm into the above realm. You were born from above, but then you got bewitched and lived in the below realm. Like 100% of Christians have done that. You get born from above and then you're like, get religious. Even one fly in the ointment ruins the perfume, meaning you'll still die after you're born again, even though you're born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that cannot sin, which means they cannot die, cannot wither, cannot fade away. The issue is being sealed with your face where your spirit is. Amen? Your face is the front of your soul. Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Lord, restore my face to where my spirit is. People think that's funny, but that's accurately where you're going. You're getting your face saved. That's called Romans 12, 2, transfigured in your face by the renewing of your mind. Your face is the front of your mind. Your countenance is the front of your soul. Most people's countenance does not reflect accurately the personality of God the Father. Everything in your face that doesn't accurately exude the joy of the Lord is demonic influence. And people fake it and try to be happy and you can see the wounds in, your, in their spirit. And so it's a huge mess. And so the healing of the nations is the wine of the Garden of Eden that we must learn how to drink. Song of Solomon really is the final exodus into the Garden of Eden for the whole body of Christ, for everyone who loves Jesus on planet Earth. I believe accurately one billion will be sealed in the Garden of Eden. This revival is the revival to the Garden of Eden. This exodus is our ascension, our arising as members of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, married to King Jesus, the King of glory, 
into the Garden of Eden. Come and be graceful gazelle with me. Come be like a dancing deer with me. We will dance in the high place in the sky, the angelic sphere, over the earth from above and not below. Yes, on the mountains of fragrant spices, forever we shall be united as one. You see that written about in Ephesians 2, 3, 4, and 6. The sphere. Very important, because this is your promised land. Your soul in the angelic sphere. Your soul in the high place of the sky. Song of Solomon 8.14 High place of the sky. If your soul's on earth, whew, that's tree knowledge. I don't care how Christian you think you are. If your soul's on earth, it's tree knowledge. That's as demonic as it gets. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan has been thrown down to you. Everyone who remains on the earth will be given to Satan for total destruction, as it was in the days of Noah. Now, listen. This is early, 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 but a lot of people who have experienced the glory of like me and some other pioneers and sons of God who have hardened their heart have already died. I mean, we've dealt with many people that have hardened their hearts unto death because they've already felt the power and taste of the power of the age to come and said no to the sons of God and said no to the glory of God. You can harden your heart. You hang around pioneers. It's dangerous. It'll kill you if you don't soften your heart. It will literally kill you. You get seven times worse because you're going into the future of what the Father wants to do on the planet. You're, you're tasting of the high heavenly realm. You're tasting of the high place of the sky. You're tasting of the mountains of fragrant spices. You're tasting of the Garden of Eden. You're tasting the promised land. Do you think Joshua and Caleb shared their promised land grapes with the other ten spies with a negative report? And they're like, blah, not drinking that Nephilim wine. That wine belongs to Satan, not Jesus, when they died and went to hell. Because they said no to the wine. They said no to the promised land. And their doubt and unbelief died off them in the wilderness and went to hell. They were full of snakes. They came out of Egypt, but there is Egypt still in them. Egypt is the place of all demons. It's the place of every snake, every lie constructed of the fallen angels. That's what's wrong with Christians. They're full of snakes. And we want to pretend like, oh, well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not, you know, Come around to greater glory. It's a snake pit every time. We have people in the glory stream coming in our house. They had to grab puke buckets, throwing up. I mean, what the heck? Leaders. We deal with leaders. We're talking about leaders that are going into church, itinerant ministers come into our house and manifest the craziest stuff you've ever seen. You're only really safe when you're sealed in Eden. There's very few people there. So it's going to be ugly. It's messy. It's revival. It's like a childbirth. You're birthing all the power of God, and it's removing everything that's not God, and we're so deceived, and all that deception snakes, and so it's going to be just crazy. You've never seen a revival that's neat and clean. It is always wild. It's always messy, because you're getting out all the bad stuff, and you're birthing all the good stuff. Out with the old, in with the new. Old things are passing away, so all the old things are coming up. And the old things are of the realm of demons, of the realm of Egypt, of the realm of the wilderness. That old stuff belongs to Satan and his angels legally. And he is a fanatic and illegalism. He's a legalistic guy. He's a lawyer. You need to understand that. So he will have what belongs to him. God the Father gave Satan in the beginning the dust of the earth. And you can name it, claim it, blame it, frame it when it doesn't work because the Bible says, I have given you the dust of the earth. Meaning, 
everything that's dead of the old man, of the religious man. The legalism is Satan's property and he will take what belongs to him. He's greedy and he's legalistic and he's a lawyer. That dust belongs to the serpent. And it's not just one. God the Father just messes only with the strong men of houses. When he's talking to the red dragon, he's talking to the whole kingdom of Satan and his angels at the same time. That's how it works. You deal with the strong men, you deal with the whole house of spirits. God the Father's always been like that, and so has every senior prophet. <laughs> you deal with leaders. You just deal with strong men. And there's strong men of the seven mountains, of the realm of the demons, and there's strong men of Zion, the mighty champions of grace. The sons and daughters and the overcomers are strong men of the glory realm. You can get strong in the wine and be a giant of the glory realm. Your spirit is not limited to the size of your natural body. Your spirit can be bigger than the universe. Hello? Have you been born of the Holy Spirit? How big's the Holy Spirit? As big as your imagination can believe. <laughs> as big as your imagination can believe. Beyond universes beyond space. The Holy Ghost is omniscient. Now, we don't have any grid for that kind of size, that kind of stature whatsoever. Now, God the Father, you look at Him, and you look at His, what He looks as a man in Eden, and He looks about six feet tall. But His presence, His Spirit, is bigger than the universe. He'll come to you, and you'll see the Father. Anyone who's seen the Son has seen the Father. You can see the Father through the Son until Christ be fully formed in you. Why? So you can see the Father. It's all about restoring your soul to Eden, to know the Father, and to walk with the Father in the coolness of the day, which is in the fullness of His glory. Amen. If you're not seeing the Father, it's because you're starting to get to know the Son first. You have to know the Son first, and through the Son formed in you, you know the Father. Amen. The Spirit leads you to the Son, and the Son leads you to the Father. There is an order to it. It's called spiritual growth. It's how the tree of life grows. How your spirit, how your seed grows. God's a master gardener. He's not wondering what's going to happen with the seed He planted in you. He already knows. He already knows. He's a master gardener. God the Father is a vine dresser. Other translations say God the Father is a gardener. He knows how to grow every seed of every word He's planted into your belly. He's not wondering what it's going to look like. He sees it finished before He even sowed the seed into your spirit to grow Himself within you. He sees it finished because the Father operates in perfect faith. The Father is a being of perfect faith, and His faith is in His own power. Perfect confidence. He's God. He knows He's God, and He operates in all the authority and power of the greatest king you could ever imagine. People say, oh, it's pride, and they blaspheme the Father all day long. Calling divine confidence pride is blasphemy of God the Father. People blast, but Jesus Christ said, blasphemy of the Father is forgiven. They're just not used to that kind of authority. They've never been around a man of light before. They don't understand the heavenly sphere. They don't understand the angels. They don't understand anything. 
So God's given you so much grace. Jesus Christ said, yeah, blasphemy of the Father is forgivable because they're clueless. They're coming out of chimpanzee mode, literally. They're coming out of being animals living submitted to the serpent dust, coming out of the dust of the earth. Daniel chapter 12, and many shall arise from the dust of the earth. What do you arrive from the earth dimension into the angelic dimension, into the high place of the sky, the angelic sphere? It's very important because you're not going to have any power or authority in reality. You might get some fake stuff, you know, hanging around Jezebelic circles and they'll, they'll name it, claim it, and they'll have all kinds of stuff. But the real promised land is your spirit man getting built up with the word. Everything we're preaching today is from the Bible. It's in the Greek, it's in the Hebrew, it's accurate interpretation. Taking your promised land, your angelic heavenly sphere, your throne in the heavenly realm over the earth. The overcomers overcome the natural below dimension and all the temptations of the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life to live in the high glory dimension. It's called the high way of holiness, the most high God. He was called that since the beginning of time because he's above the natural realm. He's above time. That's what makes him I am that I am. I'm above time. I'm outside the limitations of time and space. I'm outside the limitations of the natural dimension. The supernatural glory dimension is where God lives and where you must live also, outside the limitations of the brain. The brain is the curse of the fall. That's why the curse was conquered at the place of the brain. Golgotha means place of the skull, place of the brain. The carnal mind, which locks your spirit, into the natural realm was defeated. Satan was defeated at the cross. Satan is a legalistic lawyer of religion of the human brain. That's called the curse of the fall. The red dragon only operates in the brain dimension of the earth. When you start to renew your mind and rise above the brain dimension into the angelic dimension, Satan can't do anything to you at all. He'll actually come to you and beg for permission to do stuff, even in regions, just like the fallen angels did with Enoch in the book of Enoch, before there was even a new covenant. They had to come to Enoch and beg him for permission for movement on the face of the earth because Enoch lived with his soul in the glory of God in the angelic sphere in the, before there was an old covenant. So I'm telling you guys, this stuff has been going on forever. This is what it's all about. It's not about the earth, it's about the heavens. The promise of a new heavens, and what are our new heavens? The spiced mountains of Eden, the love of the Father. It's the spiced mountains of God's love. Holy Spirit, set them free today from their brains, from their fears, from their covenants with death. See, the natural dimension, why people are so immature all the time and just crazy, is because the natural dimension is a dimension of covenants with death. Everything the soul draws from and fills the interior castle of, of everything here with is a covenant with a reptile spirit, with a serpent. If your soul is not disconnected from the external and connected to Christ in you, then the rooms of your interior castle will be full of Satan and his angels, will be full of serpents. The demonic influence will be severe. Most Christians are mainly influenced by demons, mainly. And the Holy Spirit influence is actually minor, 
most Christians, because most Christians are infants in Christ. It's called, in Greek, technon. The technon is mostly influenced in the soul by the external dimension, the seven principalities of Babylon the Great. You know, the prince of the power of the air. That their minds influenced by worldliness, you see them influenced by world events, by mainstream media, by everything the devil wants you to believe and be distracted by in the natural realm. Anything to waste your soul in the natural realm, anything to keep your soul in the natural realm. The devil do anything. He's desperate. Because if you don't, you'll come into the glory realm and your soul will be glorified and you'll take over the angelic sphere and Satan will have no wiggle room on earth. He'll have no legal right to move. When you take your promised land, Satan is defeated under man's feet for a thousand years, it is written. The issue is, a technon does not have the mind of Christ yet to operate in the high heavenly angelic dimension because they're still in the natural dimension, because their brain is locked into all kinds of stuff around them. They're mainly religious. Mainly, and it's mainly charismatic religion. It isn't like, oh, Catholicism, rituals, you know, we... Come on, that stuff's obvious. The main deception is Jezebelic charismania. 100% accurate. The main deception for nearly everyone born again, speaking in tongues that loves the gifts, which is like tens of millions of people, the main deception is Jezebel. Jezebel's the principality that deceives the charismatic church. And it's on a level you wouldn't believe. So that even the leaders of the charismatic church are heavily influenced by Jezebel. Heavily. Heavily. Not minorly. Heavily. And how does it work? It works in the angelic sphere. It works by a soul connected to stuff in the heavens that's not Christ. See, the soul can connect to the external heavens. That's not where we connect our souls. We connect our souls to the internal heavens. The reason why even leaders in the charismatic church are infants in Christ, and we say that with all respect because it's true, is because we've been God-outside-minded. We've had our heads connected to the heavens externally, which is what sorcery is. That's what warlocks do, have their heads in the stars. It's a totally different thing. Yes, I know that we rise up into that dimension, and we do reign from the second heavens by the third heaven's power. We do that, though, by our brains connecting to the internal heavens. Completely and totally different. It's a completely different world. It's accurately what Jesus Christ walked in. It's accurately what the Apostle Paul walked in, and it's almost unknown in modern Christianity, in modern glory stream Christianity. The glory stream doesn't know this stuff. I mean, this is, this is some wild pioneering stuff that almost nobody on the planet knows except a couple apostles on the whole planet right now that are pioneering it for the whole planet. It's true. It's absolutely true. Glory to God. That connecting your brain to the internal heavens is the ascension into the place of the sky. Song of Songs 814. Into the high place of the sky. Not bringing our head out into the stars, bringing our head into the bright morning star. Amen? The bright morning star is our star. He's the God of gods, the light of lights, the light that lights up our inner man. So you are created to be a star. Your spirit is a star. It's true. It's clearly in the Bible that your spirit shines like a star. Every angel shines in a different degree of brightness, Paul says in Romans. The word angel there is pneuma, also used for the human spirit. 
Your human spirit is 100% angelic. The difference is it's attached to a body. That's what makes you different than angels. But you are very similar to angels. The issue is man's spirit has been primarily dormant and we've lived out of the soul and natural man so that we don't know who we are in Christ and we're blind and we're confused and we're religious. The issue now using the Bible and the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is getting our souls connected to Christ in our own spirit so that we're spiritually powerful, so we're more angelic than natural. That's how Jesus lived. Jesus had divine angelic abilities. He walked through walls. He walked on water. He told, told storms to be still. That's by the development of the Spirit, by the connection of the soul to the Spirit where God the Father lives. Now, we need a Savior. Jesus didn't need a Savior because He is the Savior. That's the difference. That's what makes Him firstborn and that's why we worship Him. Jesus is God, equal to the Father. He's the Messiah, meaning He is God Himself. So Jesus gets inside our spirit, and through Jesus we have access to know the glory of the Father. Ephesians 1.17, the glory of the Father. So He is our wisdom, He is our revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unfolding of Jesus Christ in our inner man, in our spirit man, our spiritual stomach, filling our whole insides so that underneath our skin is a greater man than outside our skin. We need to have 100% identity with our glory race. People will say, I'm all this stuff and I'm natural. This is my nationality. This is my race. It's all lies. There's only two races in the garden. There's only two seed lines of two trees in the garden. The glory race from above and the natural race from below. One of Satan and one of God the Father. That's it. And it's all about glory or witchcraft. It's all about freedom or religion, whether you're from above and you're going to inherit the earth through water or from below and you're going to be washed away like the days of Noah into the lake of fire with Satan and his angels. Simple as that. The issue for us who love Jesus but don't have much revelation is going deeper into the glory. This is the time that we grow in wisdom, become wise virgins, because many Christians are not even wise virgins yet. They haven't even grown in wisdom. They haven't let wisdom build their seven pillars. They're not God-inside-minded. They don't know Christ in them. They haven't realized the glory. They don't have much revelation. So it's a time of growing in wisdom and revelation and intimate knowledge of our Father of our glory, meaning our glory getting Father to the place that we're wise virgins. That's a place of maturity. And then at wise virgin level, that's when you enter Eden, which is the bridegroom's chambers, and begin to live out of the Garden of Eden while your body's on earth. So you grow in the anointing until you're completely filled, saturated, until Christ be fully formed in you. When Christ is fully formed in you, that's when your mind lives out of the Garden of Eden dimension while your body's still on earth. That's huyos. That's sonship. That's where everyone's going. doesn't need to take 20 million years. I mean, it will take time because it is a relationship. It's a relationship with the anointing oil. Loyal to the oil, because the oil is Christ himself. The oil is God the Father. What are you going to do with the oil? Are you going to squander it? Or are you going to develop intimacy? going to go deeper in love? going to grow in love? Song of Solomon really is the final exodus of every Christian into the Garden of Eden of growing in divine love. And everyone forsakes him many times. People will forsake him for 40 years and then come back and join Joshua and Caleb. Listen, 
There is forgiveness of sins and there is tremendous grace. We are severe because this is severe stuff. We've seen a lot of perish. We've seen a lot of horrible stuff. We've seen a lot of weirdness. We've seen a lot of people get way off. We've seen people get spun out on Jezebel left and right by the thousands. And so we have to be stern and strict about righteousness because there's an enemy out there that's deceiving you. And if you got technon level Christianity, you are easily persuaded by angels of light that deceive. Until your inner man is based on the experience of divine love and your brain is connected to the greater one in you, then he who's in the world will have no influence on you. But very few Christians are even at that level. Most Christians are so immature spiritually that their natural man is influenced by natural forces. They're called elemental spiritual forces of wickedness. The natural realm is the realm of Satan, and it's controlled through the human brain called the flesh. The cross is a portal into the glory by the crucifixion of the brain by faith, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Meaning, when you believe in Jesus, in your spirit, in your heart, the Holy Ghost begins to apply the cross as a portal for your mind, will, and emotions to go into the glory and come out of the curse. And that's how you're transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the Word, and going into heaven until your whole soul is sealed in that dimension through the cross. God's been telling me to study portals in the Bible. Many times in Scripture, portals are mentioned. Do you want to hear some? Check this out. Song of Songs 2.9 He gazes into my soul, peering through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. Isaiah 68, who are these who soar like clouds, flying like doves into their portals? The portal is your spirit, Christ in your spirit. The portal is your soul through Christ to the Father. That's called the new covenant, having Christ fully formed in you and your whole conscience, knowing the Father's glory through your spirit, the portal into heaven. Jesus Christ could take his soul, go through the Father in him, and move his body. You see him doing it many times. He was appearing all over the place. He was transporting. He could transport through physical matter. He could. He could walk through walls, but he could also transport. Especially after his resurrection, when he appeared to over 400 people for 40 days. He was transporting. That's when you begin to move your soul through your spirit, and your body comes with you. We're going, to be start, we're going to start to be moving through these portals. Get ready for it. Learning how to fly. Learning how to use God's divine abilities. Adam and Eve moved by transportation at the speed of thought. They had no limitations under the curse of the law, which limited you to move by natural movement. They moved by supernatural movement. Angels don't fly 150 trillion light years to come to planet Earth out of the kingdom of heaven. They go through portals. It's instantaneous. Amen. They go through the cross. The cross brought the kingdom of heaven to earth like that. It's, and it's getting wider, and it's getting more and more dilated through the human spirit. And the portal of the cross gets bigger by our faith, and that's how we release all the kingdom of heaven through our combined faith as the bride of Christ and drowned the earth with glory as it was in the days of Noah. Our faith is getting stronger and our faith brings the kingdom of heaven, the third heaven, through our hearts 
and through our minds and does mighty miracles, signs, and wonders. He's going to peg unbelievers and doubters with signs and wonders. The glory of God is going to perform the signs and wonders. People think, oh, floods, it's a bad thing. Floods the best thing that ever happened in the world. It's the saving of the world with the glory of God. And the beginning stages of the floods, of the dilation of the bride birthing the power of God the Father into the earth dimension is pegging and marking every doubter, every unbeliever, right in their forehead with signs and wonders. So look for signs and wonders. Anytime someone operates in doubt, unbelief, just let the glory of God release out of you and peg them and mark them for signs and wonders. As it's written in Isaiah, we are for signs and we are for wonders in Israel. The sons of God are signs and wonders. And we manifest signs and wonders for the doubters and unbelievers to believe in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and to come into the glory of God. Amen. The next few years during this great harvest as people grow in the glory of God, as people grow in wisdom, and then overcomers begin to enter Eden through the marriage chambers by being wise and being full of oil, the signs and wonders will be on an unprecedented level. People will have tremendous time to believe in Jesus. It's true. This is really the early stages of feasting that even the leaders and the pioneers are kind of young, young huyos, you could say. Young, mature ones compared to where we're going. God can turn it up. The main thing the Father cares about is having a firm foundation in Christ. Laying a firm foundation in your spiritual stomach to build upon like a wise master builder. He will build you up into the heavens. The Tower of Babel is a counterfeit. Tower of Babel is using sorcery to go up into the heavens through the third eye. All that's demonic. It's the seven eyes and the seven horns that builds you up. The seven pillars that wisdom builds of Proverbs 9.1. And it's the foundation of wisdom in your spirit. Having no other roots in your spirit except Christ in you, the glory of God, the wisdom of the Father. And then He can just build. The seven spirits of God build up your heart. They glorify your heart. They put the color in your cloud. There's a rainbow in your cloud. And how much of the color of the rainbow of the seven spirits of God is working inside the spirit of your cloud, the cloud of your spirit, that's how mature you are in Christ until there's a rainbow round about your soul. Revelation 10.1, and I saw an angel with a halo of a rainbow. It's the mind of Christ. And there was a halo-like rainbow coming out of his soul around his throne of Jesus Christ and the angel. It represents the mind of Christ of the seven spirits of God that have fully built up your spirit to renew your mind. That means all the interior castle is filled with the Holy Ghost with no demons. That's coming into a place of having zero demonic influence in the soul and 100% Holy Ghost influence from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ through your hearts and souls. There will be a rainbow. Your head will glow. Mighty signs and wonders, power and authority on a level the earth has never seen before. So we're preaching these things and declaring these things, and we're operating in measures of these things already. We have revelation and intimate knowledge of these things, but we're going to go deeper, and we're going to bring greater demonstrations of power. Amen. This is the hour of power. We've been hearing that for a long time in the prophetic church, but this really is the hour of power because it's an ever-increasing glory, and the glory is the power of God. The more the power, the greater the glory, the greater the signs and wonders, the greater the demonstration of our God, then all the works of Egypt, all the works of the demonic are destroyed as they were in Egypt. 
Amen. People are going to come out of Egypt. People are going to come out of all demonic influence. People are going to come into the river, learn how to drink, and go underwater. People are going to live underwater all the days of their life and have every room of the interior castle flowing in the living waters that sparkle with glory life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ask the Holy Spirit what you can give as an offering to Red Letter Ministries. Whatever He puts on your heart, you know He's got it covered on the other end. Reap as you will reap what you sow. It is written, good measure, overflowing, pressed down. So whatever He tells you to do, if you listen and obey, know that He will increase you even in natural wealth. It's important. Deuteronomy says, I have given you the ability to create wealth that my covenant be established with you. It's important that you grow in the heavenly and the natural, on earth as it is in heaven. So your finances must increase just as your glory increases. They go simultaneously. Heaven and earth both getting glorified. And you get your finances glorified by learning how to sow, learning how to give, learning how to sacrifice. That's what the sacrifice of the New Testament is, is financial sacrificing. Every single book of the New Testament talks about it. It's everywhere. So you learn how to sacrifice. We're not sacrificing bulls and goats. We're sacrificing gold and silver. We're sacrificing economic buying power to the glory of God for His government to increase in our lives, for the golden image to stay melted in our minds, for the glory to increase in our hearts, to keep the main thing the main thing, serving God the Father's glory and not idolatry. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Donate at We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.